What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, bring incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is an author, a presenter, a coach, and a pastor. Please welcome Corey Rosenke. Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me here t- today, Deanna. I've been really excited about this, to be honest. Me too. I always love it when I have an opportunity to bring religion up in the conversation. I don't like to push it too hard because this is label free and we welcome everyone here, you know, no judgment. But I am a God fearing and I know there's some like um, controversy around saying God fearing, but I was raised Christian. And so um, I always think it's beautiful when I have an opportunity to talk about it, you know, because I think that we need more good spirituality in the world. Yeah, You know, whatever your beliefs are, you know, we welcome, like I said, we welcome everyone. So whatever your beliefs are, I feel that we need to have, be more in touch with that, that spirit and that faith, because we've got, we are very lost mm-hmm. <laughs> as a society. Well, I digress. Let's talk about you and your upbringing. You had, you came from humble beginnings. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I was raised, um, well, when we say poverty, you know, obviously sometimes people mean different things. You know, for myself, I mean that I, I grew up, there was a stage in my life where I was picking berries in the forest for something to eat. And we as a family were homeless and living in a tent down by the lake. And um, then when we did kind of get into a home, there was multiple evictions one after another. And there was probably one of the most impactful stages of my life. We were, in, we were living way up on the top of a mountain, log cabin, no electricity, no running water. Uh, he, he used to bathe in a waterfall, you know, things that kind of people in my generation, it's like, oh, that's not, that's not a thing, <laughs> you know, but, um, that was my upbringing and, um, it definitely shaped and molded me and pointed me in specific directions. But looking back at that, you have to feel some kind of like being thankful for having that experience. I, I so much do. I know I, I, to a certain degree, I was forced at a very young age into introspection. Mm-hmm. You know, not being just kind of distracted by all the trappings, you know, I'd say of the world of possessions yeah. and things and vacations. Those those things were were foreign to me. They didn't they weren't options in my life. And so they didn't take up space in my mind. Um, and so, yeah, for some, from a very young age, you know, I was very introspective and really asking the question, why? I, I often say that was kind of the first question that I can really I can just remember it burning in my heart. Nine years old, 10 years old. Why does my family live this way and someone else's family lives this way? Right? Why? Why do they go on vacations and why don't we? And you know, just the, all the questions that a young person asks. And and I remember wandering the mountain slopes with my dog. I, I and um, and just wondering, and then getting into reading, and just the whole world opened up to me through literature. Yeah. Right? And yeah, if I had been kind of a quote unquote normal kid living in a normal town, you know, uh, I don't think I ever would have gone in that direction. Yeah. Uh, so. I think that people, people like our, ourselves that have experienced some kind of struggle when we were younger. So not to that extent, but when my father left, my father's a deadbeat, never supported us. I'm one of five. When my father left and I had to work a couple jobs to help support my mother and go to the food pantry to get food because she had all these mouths to feed. And it really created me the skill set of being a survivor and being yeah. strong. Um, I think I probably, if, if I, at this point in my life, would look back on what you went through, experience of taking a bath in a, in a waterfall. It's almost kind of like, wow, it's a, almost beautiful in a way. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Looking back, I've had, and I've had to work through that throughout my years as growing up and, you know, and as someone who counsels people and as a coach, you know, I've had to work through these things myself. Cause I, there was a phase where I, when I was really young, the way I coped with the situation was by somehow convincing myself that, um, poverty was cool. Yeah. People, yeah. the people who went on vacations, they were weaklings, you know, that, that type of mentality and very unhealthy way, but that was, it was a coping mechanism. Yeah. Right. And so as I, you know, as I grew up and as I went through the different stages of psychological development and development as a young man, you know, I really had to wrestle and learn to let go of some of those unhealthy mechanisms that I had put in place, which I had then brought into my relationships. And, you know, oh, yeah. I had, because of my inner fear of, of situations, you know, like that, never wanting to go back to that type of lifestyle. I had to control everything and I had to wrestle through control issues and what was at the root of them. And so, yeah, it's been a very interesting journey. Um, and yeah, I don't think, I don't think enough people, um, face the, the patterns that they're living in today by going back and seeing the source of them, right? Yeah. Cause that's really how we need to unpack these things, these, this control, this fear, um, whatever it is that we're kind of exhibiting today, oftentimes we can go back and we can find that source out there. There's where it came in. That's why I cope this way. Yeah. You, um, you had a moment when you discovered God, your thing, and that kind of changed the trajectory for you. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I often say going as a, I grew up in a quote unquote Christian home. Like my, my parents, uh, be, you know, believe, believe in the geo, uh, Judeo-Christian worldview. Um, but just because your parents do doesn't mean you do. Right. And so I, I really grew up kind of wanting to separate myself a little bit um, from everything that had been going on. And so I was a very independent thinker. And I really delved into philosophy, right? From the age of, you know, eight, nine, ten, right? I was I was into philosophy. I remember at a very young age reading Plato and Aristotle and Confucius and getting really, really big into that, but not finding the answer. Um and so uh, then there was a, a phase where I just delved really hardcore into psychology. And I remember being really into Freud for a while and reading all of his works and, you know, his whole idea about the development of personality and the id and the ego and the superego. And the more you get to know about Freud, though, you, the more you realize he kind of seems like he was off the rails a little bit. I <laughs> uh, didn't, di- yeah. didn't find my answer in psychology, right? And then was really into neuroscience for, for quite a while, too. I mean, the brain is a fascinating thing. And you start thinking about neuroplasticity and the effects of, of brain chemicals and, and um, dopamine and serotonin and, and on and on it goes. And, and I discovered the older I got, you know, as I was moving into, you know, adulthood and, and get, having married and having kids and all these things, the more I realized that the study of all those things, psychology, I mean, uh, philosophy, psychology, neuroscience, those are the study of mechanism, not yeah. source. Yeah. Right. And I was looking for the answer of why, the source answer. Why is this happening? And ultimately, that led me to faith. And and for myself, authors like C.S. Lewis um, were a big influ- influence in my life. Men who weren't just you know people of faith, but thinkers. Like they yeah. they thought through this. He, he was a profound influence on my life. Wow, beautiful. Um, and so, w- when did you become a pastor? I became a pastor um, when I was. Good question. I think I was probably. I think I was thirty. Mm. No, I was like 28 years old when wow. I accepted my first pastorate. Yeah. And uh, it was very interesting because at that particular time, I was a traveling musician and churches would kind of be coming and do kind of the music thing. And I, at that time, I, I got really excited about my faith and all I wanted to do was talk about it. And so I was supposed to lead the singing, but I just wouldn't shut up between songs. And so finally, 
I remember a pastor one time said, hey, why don't you just preach? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, that's where I, I, I fell in love with preaching. And, um, and so that's how it all got started for me. Is Are you still a pastor today? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I'm, I've been here. Um, I'm a Canadian who's moved to the United States. I've been here for seven years. And um, I was a lead pastor of a church in Canada for five years. And now I've been in, in Sunnyvale, California here for seven years. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. Um, now you've written a book. We can see it behind you. If you want to yep. you take that and show that to people. Yes, absolutely. Called The Magnetic Heart of God, Understanding the Five Cravings of Your Soul. And what is this book about and what was your inspiration? Yeah. Well, my inspiration went way back to this kid living in the forest, asking the question of why, yeah. and then going through all these progressions of try, uh, of attempts to understand, which ultimately led me to faith. And 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 so the, the origins of so it began way back then, but the book really got started in 2018. I was actually preaching um, a, a series on Easter Sunday, starting on Easter Sunday, right? And I remember thinking on, on an Easter Sunday, you think, okay, everybody's going to be there, right? Everyone who goes to church normally, that's the Super Bowl of Sundays, right? Yeah. They're, they're yeah. not going to miss it. And then there's all the people who are kind of the Christmas and Easter attenders. They're going to be there. And then there's this massive people who um, don't want to be there, but yeah. they're visiting family and they got to go. I'm sure a lot of your listeners can kind of put themselves in oh, one yeah. of these camps, right? And and so I was really asking and struggling through, what, what can I teach? What can I talk about on this morning that... Um, connects with everybody, mm. right? Where it's not just kind of the hyper-religious and that. And so my whole background in philosophy and psychology and neuroscience and, and faith really melded together here to walk those parallel lines and, and talk about um, our souls, mm. um, not simply on a really religious context, yeah. but right, even in a historic context, right? Yeah. And in, um, in a holistic context, we are more than brains and bodies. Mm-hmm. We are souls. Whether you're religious or not, People have that knowledge inside of them. So it really is fleshing out, hey, listen, more than a brain or a body, you are a soul. Yeah. So what what are the motivations of the soul? If we want to understand people, if we want to answer the question of why, which I wanted to answer from a very young age, we need to stop simply looking towards the biological for the answer Yeah. and start looking deeper. And that's why it's called The Magnetic Heart of God, Understanding the Five Cravings of Your Soul. And who would, would this book be good for? Like, who, who would be someone that's listening to this right now? It's like, hello, I love the title, title I'm interested, but I, know it's, I don't know if it's necessarily for me. What would you say to that? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I've been amazed by is how the book can connect. I, I talk to a lot of atheists. I talk to a lot of people from different faith backgrounds uh, not or, or, or spiritual backgrounds. Psych, I talk to psychologists and doctors. And it, it's, I've been amazed at how it's been able to connect with people at every level. Obviously, I come to faith conclusions, you know, in, in the book. But even for people who, who for their own reasons, they're like, I'm not going to reach that conclusion, are finding it beneficial to say, hey, I finally understand myself. Yeah. Right? I, I think that's who the book is for. It's, it's anyone who is, has ever wanted to understand why they do what they do, mm. right? And by extension, why the people around them are doing what they're doing, yeah. right? Which is really that base question that we start off asking as, as small children. The first question on our lips when we're growing up is why, yeah. right? And, and we ask this question in an attempt to make sense of or feel safe in the world around us. And even as as adults, that question of why hasn't gone away, 
right? Maybe it's been numbed or pushed aside, but ultimately it's at that deep root. And so those who want to understand themselves, understand human behavior. I believe they can be boiled down to understanding these five cravings of the soul. I call them cravings of the soul because they are deeper than psychology. They are deeper than mechanism. They are the source. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Cravings of the soul. Wow. What kind of cravings of the soul do you are you referring to? Yeah. Well, let me just kind of go through them quickly. And of course, the book goes through them in depth. But I believe we can uh, boil all human activity down to these five cravings. Security, sure. identity, independence, significance, and innocence. Mm. All human activity can be boiled down to these five things. If you if you're the type of person who is wants to enter into a relationship or enter into marriage, you are entering into it hoping to find security, yeah, identity, something that doesn't infringe upon your independence too much, right? Yeah, a place that makes you feel significant and and innocent, and you will leave that relationship the moment you, whether it's fairly or unfairly, fairly begin to feel like your security. Identity, independence, significance, or innocence is being threatened. It drives us into relationship and out of relationship. It drives us towards education or career. It drives us towards war, towards peace. These five cravings are at the root of all human ambition. Wow. No, I would agree. That's pretty deep. Yeah. I mean, I'm like thinking about myself and my marriage. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't threaten too much of my independence, but I, I do feel safe. And wow, yeah, that's very that, that's very profound. I love that. You're also- anytime someone's anytime someone is entering into a, a counseling situation, which I encourage all couples to do. Yeah. Those are what it's going to be about. It's going to be security, identity, independence, significance, innocence. Someone's making you feel guilty. Someone's making you feel small. Someone's making you feel hemmed in. Someone isn't recognizing you as an independent individual, right? Um, someone you don't feel safe with them either physically or relationally. It all boils down to these things. Yeah. Yeah, that can create some real issues in a marriage. I've got a family member that's going through some stuff and it's just like, and not wanting to really open up in counseling. And I'm just like, well, then what are you here for? You know, I I think that the book would be very good for them. Maybe I'll send it to them. Like, you know, from your secret admirers that don't know who it's coming from. (laughs) Because, you know, you get in trouble getting involved in uh, family relationships. You're also yeah. a coach. Is it? You're, are you a coach within the church, or are you just a coach? I know, church? I'm a transformational coach in general. So you know, I I um, speak with clients everywhere from tech people who are wanting to climb the corporate ladder, right, okay. to people who have experienced devastation in their life, right, and they're they're wanting to rebuild and try to figure out how to move forward um, and do things in a new way. Um, the wide gamut of of things I've been privileged to walk with people. Um, you know, not just as a pastor in the counseling aspect, right. but as 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 a coach to just gen- the general population to try to help them get where they want to get. Well, I love that. And so, does do they have to be um, a faith a faithful person, or you can just be? Nope. No, as a coach, I approach people um, um, with the belief that inside of them there can be wholeness, there is health, um, and it doesn't matter what people's backgrounds are. Uh, my job as a coach, when I step when I put that hat on. Is to say, you tell me, you know, where you are, and you tell me where you want to go, and I will walk beside them and help them get there. And really, what it is, it's helping people live life intentionally. Because the truth of the matter is, most of us don't. Most of us live life reactionary. You know, something happens and we react to it. Very few of us um, wake up and live with intention. But those who do get where they want to go. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. 
Um, and what does it look like with someone working with you? Do you do like a intro call? You know, how long is yep. the, how long does it take? You know, um, yep. specific goal in mind, or do they come to you and not know what they want? You know, could you kind of right. this? Oftentimes, I either have people come to me and they know exactly where they want to go, and they're but they're like, okay, how do we get there? And I begin to kind of work with them. Others come to me and they're like, things have gone terrible in my life. Um, some of them feel like this life was thrust upon them. Other other people realize that they've kind of created this mess, but they're like, I, I need to get out of here. They don't really know where they want to go, and so I kind of help them find that. And so and so, yeah. Generally, it starts with a. Someone will contact me the first time and we'll have an exploratory call to see if we're a good fit, you know, if, there, yeah. if there's a connection between us. Because some, you know, the truth of the matter is sometimes the coach-coachy relationship, it just doesn't work. The personalities aren't right. So I always have an exploratory call. Um, and then after that, generally we set it up and we commit to six sessions to start with because okay. it can't all change in session one all right. the time, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, and then we move forward. Yeah, just kind of going through life intentionally. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. Do you have a success story that you could share with us? Oh man, yeah. I mean, as a as a coach, I'm I'm very much aware of confidentiality, so I'll be careful how I tell the story. But yeah, I mean, I have I've had people who the, the beautiful thing about coaching is coaching is all about coming beside someone and helping them discover. Yeah. Most of us know what to do and where to go deep inside, but that that knowledge is buried under bias or or hurt or you know whatever kind sure. of protection walls are put up. And so as a coach, I'm not telling people what to do. Yeah. I don't come in as a counselor, right? Or even as an advisor. I come in as a coach to help people dig through, sift all through that and find that nugget. Right. And so success stories are are for me are simply those beautiful moments when when you're when you're speaking with somebody and you're asking them questions and then you just see that light come on. Yeah. Right. And I've seen people actually who have been in the depths of, um, they've been wrestling with past trauma for years, right? And then suddenly that moment, snap, the light comes on and they are past, they're, they're finally past the, the hump of that trauma, yeah. right? And they can finally start moving forward. To me, those are the most beautiful ones that I've, that I've seen because they've been so held down for so long. And then it's just like, snap. For other people, I've had it where they've been in a cycle of addiction, you know, and but then there's this that moment where you see the light come on, and it's like they're able to name it, they're able to own it, wow. and their life's never the same after those moments. But those and those happen through intentionality, right? Asking questions and helping people sort through them. Yeah, no, I love it. I actually was I guess certified as a life coach a long time ago, and I loved. I never pursued it because I just I have a, I'm very a total empath, and I take on a lot of other people's energy and their feelings and stuff. So. I have to protect myself a lot in that area, but I just loved the exploratory nature of being a coach, and yeah. it allowed me to better communicate in my relationship and in my in my role as a vice president back then. Just you know, uh, the skills that you that you get from doing that are just amazing. So yeah, I can live vicariously through all the coaches that I talk to. Uh, Corey, Excellent. where can people purchase your book? Find, learn a little bit more about you, and if they're interested in working with you, where do they find you? Well, the, the, the one place that everyone could be funneled to to find all those answers would be my website, coreyrosenke.com, um, where it'll show links to my book. It'll uh, give you an ability to contact me if you'd like to talk about coaching. Um, that, that would be the best place. If you're if you're looking for the book, it's, it's available um, everywhere. You could just search The Magnetic Heart of God, Understanding the Five Cravings of Your Soul, and it'll, it'll come up in your local place, um, whether you're 
in the US or Germany or England or South Africa, wherever it is, it'll be everywhere. So it should be easy to find. And I'm just, I'm so excited to share this with people because I've gone, I've talked to so many people, as I mentioned, from such diverse backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and there just seems to be that exciting light that comes out when you finally understand yourself. Yeah. Why I'm doing it. And it's not, it's not the thousand cravings of your soul, right? It's it's not the it's not a five hundred page book on psychology, right? Yeah. It comes down to these five cravings, and it makes it so simple to be able to look and say, "I finally understand myself. I finally understand why I'm not talking to my sister." Yeah, right? mm-hmm. or I finally un- I finally understand why this past relationship broke apart. Yeah, or why my boss acts this way, <laughs> right? And when you understand, you can you can have compassion. Right. And and you can process and you can begin to um, do intentional, healthy things um, to, uh, to to just live that more full, beautiful life. Mm, beautiful. I love that. You guys, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. So don't hesitate to go reach out to Corey if you connect with him today. Go purchase the book, you know, or purchase the book for someone you think that might need it. We can all use we can all live a more intentional life and understand ourselves a lot better. Corey, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? I guess I would leave it with this. For all of your listeners, you are not defined by the reflection in the mirror, by the number on the weigh scale, by the diploma on your wall, even by the opinions of people around you. You are more than a biological creation. You are a soul, right? And and the moment that we begin to look at ourselves in that holistic sense, everything changes. We understand ourselves that much more. So I would just want to encourage people and I would, you know, in my own prayers for people would be that people are able to snap out of this biological cycle, right? Of, of looking at ourselves, following these these base needs and defining ourselves and each other, to be honest, in that way, right? When you understand that you are a soul and that you are looking for something specific, that's what the, my book is all about. It's identifying what it is you're looking for. Because unfortunately, we have a world out there who is frantically searching and they're not finding because they don't know what they're looking for. Yeah. And so my encouragement to people to first off is to realize more than a brain or a body, you are a soul. It's easy to say that, but for people to come to that honest realization will change everything. Yeah. Beautiful. Amen to that. Hence, live label free. We are more than just a label or what our role is in life. So I totally relate with that and I agree with it 1000%. Corey, thank you for what you do. Thank you for Thank writing you. a beautiful book. And I love your story. Your path is very unique. And that's it was brought you to where you are today. And you are definitely making a difference in people's lives. And, and it's a beautiful thing. So thank you very much. Well, and thank you for um, doing what you do and, and having a platform like this that allows people like me to share our message. I so much appreciate it. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate that. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.